Okay, we're doing that of <coughs> We're starting right from the bottom to Dat Hayim Beit. So we were learning in the in the Mishnah that who is Chai of uh, into, in the mitzvah of Aliyah Laregals. We said that we include Kitanim that are Gil Achinach. So we're talking about what's it, what's called the Gil Achinach. So we were saying that the Gil Achinach is according to Beisham, he's able to ride on the father's shoulders from. Um, from Yerushalayim to the Arbaiz, and Bisil was saying he's able to walk holding his father's hands from Yerushalayim to Arbaiz. So the Gemara has a catch about him, until here, who brought him? So the question is the mitzvah of Ali Larego shouldn't only start from when you're in Yerushalayim getting to the Arbaiz. The mitzvah of Ali Larego is to go from where you are all the way until the Arbaiz. So if let's say, the child is able to go the sh- relatively short distance from Yerushalayim to the Harabayas without the mother. The Mishnah is mashma that he be chayef, right? He's a gil achinach. But the, the question that the Gemara is bothered by is how did he get to Yerushalayim? If let's say he would only be able to go the, a short distance without his mother, but not the long distance, so then it doesn't make sense that we should say he's chayef. The Mishnah gave the implication that he is. As long as he's able to go from Yerushalayim to Harabayas, that short distance without his mother, just go with the father, hold his hand, or ride on his shoulders, depending on the Beisham Yisrael, he'd be obligated. But the Gemara is asking is that that shouldn't be the criteria. Why, why is the assumption that he's starting right from the entrance of Yerushalayim? He's really starting from his house. So the assumption should be based on his ability to go from the house to the Harabais. This is the Gemara's question. So the Gemara answers, His mother has to anyways bring him out to the mitzvah of Simcha. There's, remember, besides for Aliyah Regal, there's a separate mitzvah, and the mitzvah of Simcha is how fulfilled by eating the, the karbonos of the shlamim, by eating the, the karbonos, that, eating the meat from karbonos. A person has this, this happiness on the regal by eating the karbonos. And where does that have to be? That has to be done in Yerushalayim. That doesn't have to be done in the Harabayas, but that has to be done in Yerushalayim. So a woman may not be coming and being Ola Laregel. Mother, the mother may not be going all the way to the Temple Mount up to the Beis HaMikdash, but she's going to Yerushalayim. So from the home until Yerushalayim, the assumption is that the mother's going to bring the child. It's a email, so the mother brings him. He's like, from there and on, from Yerushalayim until the Harabayas, there it's totally whether the child can go without the mother. If the child is able to walk with the father from Yerushalayim to Harabayas, even though the mother's not there, then Chayev, then the father is obligated. That's the criteria of Chinach. But if the child is not able to do that, Potter, he's Potter. So now we understand why it is that we're focusing on Yerushalayim to Harabayas and not from the person's house to, to the Harabayas. Because the assumption will be that the mother will anyways be coming to Yerushalayim. The mother will therefore bring the child until Yerushalayim. And then the question is, picking up from there, what will be, would the father be able to do chinach? So I was wondering in the Gemara, so what would you say if, 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 the, if the, the father, if, let's say, doesn't have a wife, right? The, kid, the kid's mother is, let's say, it's an orphan. The kid doesn't have a mother. He only has a father. So what would Allah be? Right, let's say he's able to walk from Yerushalayim to the Arabayas with the father, but he would be unable to make the long journey of walking from his house to the Arabayas. So what would it then be? Where are we left from the Gemara? The Gemara is saying that the reason why he said Yerushalayim to the Arabayas is because the assumption is the mother brought him until that point. So the Chayrat should come out that if there is no mother and the child was unable to go that long distance from the house to, to the Arabayas and Rechanami, then there wouldn't be a Mitzvah of Chinam. Pastors that would take, come out from the Gemara. Says the Gemara, Yerakashan Beishamai. Bisham holds again that it's totally not in being able to walk with the father, but being able to ride on his shoulders. Heishev Rebbe Tachas, we sold it for Bisham. Rebbe had a kasha. His kasha is to defend Bishamai against, uh, to, to, to ask on Bishamai defending Bisham. 
So what does it say? It says regarding Shmuel, when Shmuel was born. So it says, Chana lo alasa. Chana did not go up to, to Shiloh. Why? This is what we're talking about when the Mishkan was in Shiloh for those 369 years. So Chana did not go up. She said to her husband, she said, until Shmuel will be weaned, then I'll bring him up. But now he's still too young. So the kasha is, even before he was weaned, a child, before, even before the age that they're weaned, they should be able to ride on their father's shoulders. So if you go like Beis Hillel, you could understand. Because even though he was, even though the child could have gone on the shoulders, but he wasn't able to walk. So we understand, right? We understand this idea that he's potter. But Frank Gemara, if you go like Beishama, that does not tell you his ability to walk, his ability to go on the shoulders. So he should have been mechuyiv to go, even though he was young. Usually we assume Rashi says that a child is weaned after 24 months. But to go on a child, on a father's pair, on a shoulder, should be already a year old or something like that. So at that time, the question is, between, let's say, the age of 12 months and 24 months, it should have been Mechuyiv and Chinuch, according to Beishamai. So the, there should be a flaw in what Chana is saying. Chana is saying, I'm not going to go up, I'm not going to let the kid go up because he's not weaned. What does that mean? There's already a Chiyuv, there's already a Chiyuv of Chinuch. This is the Kasha. So the Gemara says, so, so Rebbe's father said to him, according to what you're saying, Gufa, why are you bringing a Kasha from what Chana said? Onto the Shammai, there's a kasha on Chana herself. Milo machayve b'simcha, she not obligated in the mitzvah of simcha, right? We've been saying that there's a chiyah for the woman to go to the city where she can eat the, the holy meat. So what's going on? How is Chana saying I'm not going to go up because the kid is still too young, but she's obligated to go up? Ella Chana she saw some extra sensitivity, some delicate nature in Shmuel. She was just too concerned that Shmuel would, would be hurt because of the journey. She was nervous of what would happen to him. So basically, really, it could be that Shmuel was old enough to be trained in the mitzvah, but he was not taken to Shiloh because there was a specific issue with his health. He was a weak little baby, and Chana was nervous what would happen. And evidently, that made her exempt from the mitzvah as well. She had really no choice. Really, she was mechuyiv in the mitzvah of Simcha. We're saying women are obligated, but she had no choice but to stay home because she was nervous that if she would leave, the, that she can't leave the child. It sounds like that's impossible, right? The child is not yet weaned, and if the child cannot 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 go the journey. It's dangerous for him. So, bottom line is, it was it was something which it just made. She was an onus. I guess she was exempt. She was under the rash. She had no ability to do the mitzvah. So we can't see from here a proof one way or the other about the age of chinuch that a child is is chayav. And we end up not disproving beishamai. Okay, so now we're going to go forward again, understanding that according to beishamai, the issue of chinuch, the age of chinuch, is when they're able to go on the father's shoulders. According to Basil, it's only going to start a little bit later when they're able to walk from shalom to arbayis. Vayi Reb Shimon, now the gemara is a shaila question. What about Let's say you have a child who's lame, like or a child who is blind, according to both of them. What's the halacha? Is the father obligated to bring him? So we know that an adult is who's lame or blind is part of the mitzvah that we've discussed. But the shaila is maybe if it's a child, there should still be a din of chinuch. So the Gemara clarifies, if he's lame, it's only a shayla according to Beishamah. Because according to Beishamah, of course he's potter, right? The whole point is that the kid can walk. But according to Beishamah, it's not about the kid walking, it's about the kid going on the shoulder. So maybe even if he's lame, he could be obligated. Or if he's blind, the shayla could be according to both of them. So the Gemara clarifies what the point of the question is. Because again, the rudimentary idea of chinuch is that you're being trained in a mitzvah that you would do when you're a gadol. 
So the Gemara says, Hey, Chidami, what's the case? If the doctors are saying that the child will never be able to walk, or we're talking about a blind child who's never going to get vision, he's never going to become obligated, that means. So this, why would we train him? If you have an adult who is lame or blind, he's not obligated. Is it necessary to wonder if, if a minor who's disabled with these things would have to be trained in the mitzvah? Why would you train? The whole purpose of training is so that you gain the habit, so that when you become a mechuyiv in the mitzvah, when you're adult, so then you'll be chayiv, right? That's the whole point. You're going to know what to do. But here, a child with this disability who's never going to be able to walk, or a child with a disability that he's never going to be able to see. So there's nothing to train him in. Train him for what? So that when he turns by mitzvah, what's going to happen? He's vaitar, going to be pater. That's obviously a flawed question. That's not a good question. So what is our question? So the Gemara clarifies, We're talking about a child who's lame now, but he will be healed before he turns 13. That's what the doctors are predicting. Or a blind child and his vision who is, will come before he turns 13. So right now he is blind, but the doctors predict that he will, in fact, get vision before he turns bar mitzvah. So that's the shayla. My, what's the halacha? Should he be trained in the mitzvah of aliyah while he is still currently disabled? So what's the lumness of this question? So let's break it down. This is a really interesting question. He's going to become chayv in the mitzvah. So on the one hand, we want to train him. On the other hand, as he is right now, if he would be a gadol, he wouldn't be able to do the mitzvah. So maybe we should train him because at the end of the day, he has to know what to do. When he turns bar mitzvah, he's going to be obligated to the regulation. Maybe we have to train him. On the other hand, if he would be an adult right now, right now currently he's lame or he's blind, he's not obligated in the mitzvah. So then maybe he doesn't have to be trained. That's the, that's the element of the question. Maybe I don't have to train someone who, if he would currently be an adult, wouldn't do the mitzvah. And the Gemara speaks it out. The Gemara gives an answer. Amar Bai. No, Taka, there's no Chiyav. Kol Echad, the Gadol, the and the Raisa, whenever in the current Matzev, if it was an adult, it would be Chayav, Katnam, Echad, Chiyav, Midrabana. Then there's an obligation to train the minor, Midrabana. Kol Echad, the Gadol, Patam, Midrabana. Wherever the way it is now, if it would be an adult, he'd be Patr, Midrabana, and Katnam, Midrabana. Then a minor also would not become a Chiyav, Midrabana. So since, in our case, if the adult who's lame or blind, who is not chayav, midaraisa, there's no chiyav midaraisa for the adult who's lame or blind, so there's no chiyav midarabonan to train the child with the same disability, even though he's going to recover by the time he becomes an adult. So that's what Abaya is answering. Abaya is answering that we don't have to train him. You only train a child if, if he was right now, if he would currently be an adult, he would have the chiyav. Now, in a certain way, it defies logic. Right? Because who cares if currently if he wouldn't be an adult if he'd be chayv? We're training him so that when he be so that when he is an adult he's going to be obligated. You can kind of really hear the the argument that the other side of the gemara. The other side of the gemara makes so much clearing sense. The point is we're trying to we're trying to train him for when he turns a gavul. If so, who cares about the fact that currently he's in a state that if he would be an adult he'd be potter? Who cares? You're trying to train the child so that when he becomes bar mitzvah, he's going to do the mitzvah. And this guy, when he turns bar mitzvah, is going to be obligated in the mitzvah. They're predicting the blindness will go away and he's going to be able to walk. So why is it doesn't have to be trained? What, what's, what's the vard here? How do we understand? How do we understand the Gemara? I understand Abai is saying it. You say, no, you only do chenach to a child that if currently he would be 13, he would do the mitzvah. I understand the statement, what Abai is saying, but how do we make sense of the Yisoy? What's the Yisoy here in the Gemara? Why shouldn't I have to be mechanech this child if when he grows up, he's in, indeed going to be mechuyim? So there's a very famous Yisoy that the Briskerov took out of this Gemara, which we apply into many other cases of chinuch. That chinuch, it's, you have to be able for the child to be able to be doing the maisa mitzvah. Technically, there's no chiyuv for the child, for the child to do it. But it has to be that if the child would do it now, he'd be doing the Maisa HaMitzvah. 
So if the child will be doing the Maisa HaMitzvah, so then there's a Chiyiv to train him. In other words, you have to take a step back. Before you want to know, do I, must I train him? Before you want to answer yes or no, first take a step back and answer the following question. If the child would be doing it right now, would he be performing the Maisa HaMitzvah? But there's no Kiyam, he's not obligated. But would it be a Maisa HaMitzvah? If the answer is yes, so then there's a din that you have to train him because he's going to reach adulthood, you should know what to do. But if right now he's not going to be doing the Maisa HaMitzvah, that's not called training. What does that mean? He's not going to be doing anything. If what he's going to be doing is called a Maisa HaMitzvah, then even though he doesn't have to do it, we say train him to do it. But if what he's going to be doing currently is not a Maisa HaMitzvah, so then there's no din to train him. So when the child, let's say, currently is blind, Avada, you're going to say before he's going to be turning adult, he's going to get his vision. I understand, but take a step back. Is there what to train him in? If currently he's blind, is that going to be a Maisa HaMitzvah? And the answer is no. It's not a Maisa HaMitzvah of Aliyah Larego when he is blind. Because the Maisa HaMitzvah is only when a regular person who has vision is going to see it. It's a big Chiddush to understand this way from the Briskarov. It's a tremendous Chiddush. The Briskarov applied this idea many different ways. Just to give you one, one example of them of how far it goes. We say that there's a different you know, stage when you train a child for each and every mitzvah. So when it comes to Lulav, it says that what's the stage? And a child who knows how to do Na'anuim. A child who knows how to shake the lula properly, you know, in the right directions, this or that, that's when you train him. The Briskarov is very bothered by that because, you know, technically, I mean, a kid who could pick up a lulav could fulfill the mitzvah, you know, like what's this idea that he has to know how to do that? Now I knew him. So the, the Rav explained that this idea of being able to do the Maisa mitzvah incorpor- incorporates the full scope of the mitzvah, including all of its minhagim and everything that goes along with it. And if a child is incapable of the full scope of the Maisa mitzvah, then there's no din to train him. So the kid has to be shy for the full Maisa mitzvah. That's always the rudimentary point here. Is he able to do the full Maisa mitzvah? If the answer is no, then he's potter. And that's the Chiddush of the Gemara, that if the child is blind or he's lame according to Beishamai, so he's not shy for the Maisa mitzvah, so there's no dinja training. All right, so what do we say here? So we know we, on Yantif, when we go up, we bring two karbanos. We bring an Olas Re'iyah and we bring a Shalmei Chagiga, two, two karbanos. So Bishamai says that the Re'iyah is worth two silver ma, and the Shalmei Chagiga is worth one silver ma. We still said just the opposite. The Olas Re'iyah has to be worth one silver ma, the Chagiga has to be worth two. So the Gemara explains, What's the reason? The Re'iyah is more chashav. Why? Because it's entirely burned. If it's burned entirely, so that's the severity that the carbon has. It's totally given to God. The Shamech Ha'giga, parts of it are eaten. So parts of it are eaten, then there's less importance to it. But oh, another argument, but Sinabat says, we find on the Karbanos that are brought in Shavuos, Shavivim Akasav, Ba'olos, Yosem We see that the Pasuk includes more Olos than Shlamim. By the Shteh Halechem that are brought in Shavuos, they're accompanied by a bunch of offerings. And the Torah says there are 10 Ola offerings, but only two Shlamims. So we see that there seems to be more importance to an Ola over a Shlamim because there are more Olos than Shlamim that are accompanying uh, the Shteh Halechem and Shavuos. Those are the arguments that Beishamai makes. Again, arguments that what? That the Ola is more significant than the Chagiga. And that's why the Ola should be worth more money. However, continues the price of Beishamai, just the opposite. That the Ola should have to only be worth one. The Chagiga has to be worth two. Because the Shamech Hagiga was brought even before the Dibor. What does it mean before the Dibor? Even before Har Sinai. Even before we were Makabal the Torah, there was already a carbon of a Shamech Hagiga being brought. So that's a severity. It means historically it existed for longer time. If historically there was a Shamech Hagiga before there was an Olas Re'iyah, Masha'inkin Be'iyah, and that shows there's more of a Hashivas to the carbon of the Shamech Hagiga. So where is this? What's going on here? So we have a Pasuk 
Um, we have a pasuk which says it's very important to understand the context. It's very hard to put these pasukim together, but it's the end of Parshas Mishpatim. It says, "Vayishlach as Nari Bnei Yisrael." Moshe sent the Nari Bnei Yisrael. Vayalu Olos. They brought Olos. Vayizbuchus Shvalchem Shlamim, and they brought Shlamim Karbanos. So the Gemara understands that those Karbanos Shlamim are Shalmi Chagiga, and even though it was not Yontif, which is very interesting, don't get bothered by that. But it was because they were going to meet Hashem, the closeness that they were going to have with that Kadosh Baruch Hu, they brought Shalmi Chagiga. So it's called the Shami Chagiga. And when the Torah, even though the Torah says they brought an Ola, we're understanding that it was not an Ola's Re'iyah. So here we see that Moshe made a decision to bring a, 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 a Shami Chagiga and not an Ola's Re'iyah. And we're saying this took place before Har Sinai was given, before the Maim and Har Sinai, before we received the Torah. So we see there was more of a Chashivas of the Shami Chagiga before the Ola's Re'iyah. Now just to understand something, this passage is in Parshas Mishpat. So how do we understand that this was taking place before Matan Torah is in Parshas Mishpatim? The answer is, in Muktama Mu'ochar Batayra, Rashi says, and it's very important to understand, I mean, you see it in the Pesukim, right? They were saying Nasa Ishma. So we all know, when did we say Nasa Ishma? Before we got the Torah, right? Ah, it's in Parshas Mishpatim, that's where Nasa Ishma is, in Muktama Mu'ochar Batayra. So there we see by the episode of us saying, of us saying Nasa Ishma. They're bringing in the closeness in the moment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They're bringing Olas and Shlamim. But we understand that the Ola is not an Ola Sriya. We'll talk about what it is in a little bit. It was not necessarily an Ola Sriya. But the Shlamim was a Shami Chagiga. So in that moment, they're choosing the Chagiga and not the Ola Sriya. So we see there's more significance to the Shami Chagiga over the Ola Sriya. That's the argument that Bitzel is making. Vaod, furthermore, but seen by Nesim, we see by the Nesim. When they inaugurated the base of Mikdash, the Mishkan, Reba Makasuf, Shlamim, they brought more Shlamim than Olos, we see that there were many more of those. They're actually, if you look at in, in the numbers there, in Parshas Natso, the Rashi says there's 204 shlamims and only 36 olos, so if you count it all up. So many more shlamims. So that's, more, again, more of a chashivas in the shlamims. So the Gemara question, why is Bishlam not saying about Bishamai? Meaning, Bishamai had some pretty good arguments. What were the arguments? The olos totally burned. And there's more olos there's more olos that on Shavuos than Shlamim. So why do, how, do, how does Basil fan for that? So the Gemara answers, This day, Beishamah, you're saying Los Riyah is more chashu because it's totally brought up to the Mitzbeach. Adarabah, we could say the opposite. Chagigah difatish v'shteachilos. The Chagigah is more chashu because it has two eatings, meaning the fact that it's eaten on the Mitzbeach and eaten by, by a person means that it actually has more chashivas. It's more chashivas because the carbon warrants two things being done to it. It's mechayev, a second achila. So it's very interesting. You could look at the same fact and interpret it differently. You could say, oh, it totally burns. Oh, it's more chashiv. Or you could say, no, it's eaten by two people, by two sources, both by the zbech and, and man. So that's more chashiv. So you could look at it just the opposite. You're asking, learn from Matzeres where there were more olas, so we can answer, we'd prefer to learn a carbon that a yachid brings, like a shanach hagigan olas riyah, to another carbon of a yachid, like when the Nesim brought carbonus, where there were more shlamim. We don't learn a carbon yachid from a carbon sibar, like by Shavuos, yes, you're right, there are more olas, but there it's a carbon sibar. So that's not good parallel to us. We want to know about carbon yachids, and in carbon yachids, we, 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 we draw a better parallel to the Nesim where more shlamim were brought. Now the Gemara questions the other way. Why don't Beishamah say, like Beishil, that wow, we see Shlomim was more chashav because it was brought, 
and there are more of them brought by the Nesim. So the Gemara answers from Bishamah, this that you're saying, because it was brought Lifnei Hadibor, we can answer, the Olas Riyah was also brought Lifnei Hadibor. Bishamah is saying, this that it says in the Pasuk, and then the Pasuk and Shpatim, the Ola was an Olas Riyah. So the Olas Riyah was also existent before Matan Torah. So you're trying to claim that it's superior, the Chagiga superior, because it was brought Lifnei Hadibor, and Ola was not, you're wrong in your facts. The Ola was also so broad before Matan Torah. And this that you're saying that we should learn from the Nesim that Olos are more chashuk because we're more Olos. We prefer to learn from the Karbanos of Shavuos because we learn Karbanos which are practiced for future generations from Karbanos which are practiced for future generations as well. We're not going to compare something that's learned for generations from something that's not learned from generations. Meaning, leave out the Karbanos of the Nesim because they were only brought once in history. They were the Karbanos that were just brought for the inauguration of the Mishkan. They weren't brought for the future. So if they weren't brought for the future, so then we're not going to draw any parallel from them. Now, so it comes out a very interesting factual machlokas. Were Olas Re'iya brought before Matan Torah? According to Beit they were not. Shami Chagiga were Olas Re'iya were not. So therefore he drew out, he took out that Chagiga is more chasha. According to Beit Olas Re'iya were also brought. So he doesn't take that out to him. Just the opposite, the Olas more chasha. So the Gemara now speaks this out. Why are you saying that Shami Chagiga was brought before Arsina Adir What's the Pasuk in Mishpatim? So Re'iya Nami Yaksiva Yalu Olos. The Pasuk also makes mention of an Ola. So Bishama is great. He's saying that Ola is an Ola's Riyah, and they're both equally chashav in that pasuk. But why, how does Basil defend that? What kind of Ola was brought? So the Gemara says, That pasuk, that Ola that met, is brought in the desert, is talking about the Ola of the Tamid. It's talking about the communal Ola that's brought daily, right? The one in the morning, one in the afternoon. That's what it means when they brought Olas. It has nothing to do with the Chiyuv of Olas Riyah. Yes, they're both Olas, but they're different types of Olas. Olas Re'iyah was not brought before Har Sinai. Only the Shami Chagiga was brought before Har Sinai. So Basilal, he says, look, I see the Shami Chagiga is more chashav. In that time, that closeness, when Klai said Nazim and Ishma, they only brought the Shami Chagiga, not the Olas Re'iyah. Beishamai was saying that the Olav was the Olas Re'iyah. Basil is saying, no, the Olav was the regular, good old Olas Atamid, which was brought even before they had the Mishkan, even before the Torah. Says the Gemara, Bishamai stays back. Bishamai Safi, Olashik Bishwa, remember Olas Riyava, not true. The Ola that Kaiser was bringing up in the wilderness was the Olas Riyah and not the, the, the Olas Atamid. So we get a very interesting factual machlokas. Everybody agrees there's a Pasuk, which happened before Matan Torah in the time of Nasav and Nishma, the closest with Hashem, where they're bringing Olos Ushlam. The Shlam clearly are Shami Chagiga. Again, it's not Yantif, but there's a time of real and intense closest with Hashem, they're bringing Shami Chagiga. The question is, what was the Ola? Basil is saying the Ola was the Ola Satamid. And Beishamai is saying it was the Olas Re'iyah. By the way, Mumamish see the Yisraeli, the Karbanos, that even though we bring them on the, on the regal, it's not Michiyuvim HaRegal as much as Michiyuvim of the time you appear in front of Hashem, the closeness with Hashem. Usually that happens at the time you're Olas Re'iyah, but we see that the source where it's really coming from already the time of Nasim and Ishmael, which wasn't at a regal at all. So now the Gemara makes a statement. We put together a bunch of Tanam here. They all hold that this Ola, which is mentioned in the Pasuk and Parshas Mishpatim, was the Olas Re'iyah. Whereas they all hold Olas Tamanava. It was really the Olas Tamid. So this factual Machlokas, what the Ola was, we're going to bring many other Tanam and, and, and line them up here. So Bishamai Hada Amr, Bishamai Hada was an Olas Re'iyah, we already spoke about it. 
Rabbi Yishmael, the Tanya sends a verse, Rabbi Yishmael Omer. Kalalu is never Mitzvinai. They're very interesting machlokas about the way the Torah was transmitted. According to Rabbi Yishmael, at, at Arsinai, the only thing that was said at Arsinai was the close, like the general ideas, not all the specifics of the mitzvah. The only thing that was said at Sinai was the general idea of the mitzvah. Whereas Pratos Ba'omoy, the actual details were only said in the Ba'omoy, meaning it was only once the Mishkan was built and then Hashem spoke to Moshe from Me'ala Kapores, that's where the details of the mitzvah that were given. So just for example, like Rashi gives us an example to this idea. Moshe knew um, how, that you're supposed to bring carbon. So it was said, you know, bring this type of carbon, bring that type of carbon. But the details, let's say, to skin the animal, to cut it up, how to apply the blood, certain of the details, those things were only taught later once the Mishkan was built. That's the idea of Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Akiva Omer, not true. Klolos Uprathos Nemer Sinai. Not only was the principle said at Sinai, but also the details were taught at Har Sinai. It was just Nishnu Ba'omoi. They were, they were repeated. They were chazered over again at the time when the, when the Mishkan was built, when Shtash Rabbis Moab, and then it was taught yet a third time in the plains of Moab, that's Sefer Devarim, where Moshe went over the whole Torah. The, okay, so very interesting. Machlokis, Rabbi Yishmael, and Rabbi Akiva. So what does the Gemara want? What does this have to do with us? So if you think that the Ola that they were bringing in the wilderness was the Tamid, then we're going to have the following question. Could it be that the thing which is forever, right? The Ola Satamid, do you think that, that initially it didn't have the details of skinning it and cutting it up properly? And only later was the Allah of Hefshah taught? What the Gemara is saying is that according to Rabbi Yishmael, that the details were only said in the Ola Moed, but wait a second. So what did they do until that point? What were they doing until that point? If the Ola's Talmud was being brought before, according to him, it clearly was, it was brought even before Ma'an Torah, but there were no details of the mitzvah until Ola Moed, then there's going to be a strange transformation in the mitzvah itself. The Ola's Talmud had been brought historically before. You're going to tell me that the din of that way that you bring the Talmud changed? If the details are only given to us once the Mishkan is built, but the carbon had been brought before, then it's a very strange phenomenon. What's the strangeness? The strangeness is that originally there was no Hefshev in because the details weren't taught until the Olamoid. And then you're going to tell me that now things switched? That's a very strange thing. The Gemara doesn't think that it makes sense to say that the Olas HaTamid was brought but without Hefshev in and then it continued to be brought after the Mishkan was built with these new laws and details coming out, where now suddenly we switch the laws of the carbon. That doesn't make sense to us. So therefore, what makes more sense? That there was no such thing as a carbon Talmud being brought before the Mishkan was built. That makes more sense. Then there was no transformation in the way that the carbon was ever brought. I, it says that they brought Olas before. Must be that those Olas before were not Olas Talmud, but rather they were Olas Re'iyah. Now, you're going to ask, but how does that help the problem, right? Olas Rios also has skinning and you chop it up like an Ola. So either way, whichever carbon it was that they brought before, there's also going to have a transformation, right? But the answer is that the Olas Re'iyah that they were brought are Sinai, if they were Olas Re'iyah, then they were just voluntary Olas Re'iyah. They weren't in the Chiyuvim of the people. Meaning the Gemara's problem that there should be a change in the carbon is only if the carbon that was being brought was the Din of the Olas Tamid. 
If it was the din of the olas tamen, then that's the chiyuve hatzibor. If it's mechiyuve hatzibor, the obligations of the communal offerings brought by the tzibor, that's where the Gemara is bothered that it's weird to have a strange, almost bizarre, to have a switch in the way that the carbon is brought. You're telling me that the carbon tamen was brought originally without Hefshavini Tuach, and then after the Mishkan it changed? That bothers the Gemara. But if it was Olas Re'iyah, then we could explain that this, that they brought Olas Re'iyah before the, before the Mishkan, that was just like some random generosity of, the, of each individual wanting to bring in Olas Re'iyah because of the closeness that they felt with Nasev and Ishma. So it doesn't bother us that the details of the way you bring an Ola only emerge after the Mishkan is brought, but the Kla Yisrael had offered an Olas Re'iyah differently before. That is not strange or bizarre to us. Because that's just the generous spirit of bringing an Ola. That doesn't bother us. The strangeness is only if it's a din of a carbon tamid. If it's a din of a carbon tamid, that's a chi of dika carbon. If it's a chi of dika carbon of olas tamid, and that changed before and after, that bothers us. So according to Rabbi Yishmael, that the details of carbonos were only first emerged at the time of the Mishkan. And then it won't make sense to say that the ola that was brought before the Mishkan was the olas tamid. So that's the way you have to put it together. Like Rabbi Yishmael, the details of Karbanos only come out from the time of the Mishkan and An, that forces us to say that the Karban Ola, which was brought before, must not have been the Karban Tamid. It must have been some other form of Ola, some voluntary, just Karban of generosity, where it's not going to bother us that they originally brought it without Hefshef and Ituach. Okay, and again, remember, this whole, this whole proof is only in Rabbi Yishmael. If you look at Rabbi Akiva, it's not schwer. Because according to Rabbi Akiva, there was no, there was no halacha that the, the details of the laws only came out later. According to Rabbi Akiva, the laws were always the laws themselves. So it could be that it was the Ola Satamun which was brought before, and it was brought, Kedos Fechadin, with Hefshet Vinituach. Says the Gemara, who's the other one? Rabbi Eliezer, Titania says in Brayzer, Ola Satamun HaAsuya Bahar Sinai. When it says the Tamun in Parshish Pinchas, the Pasuk says, the Tamun which was Asui at Har Sinai. So what does it mean it was Asui at Har Sinai? So Blas Omer Masen Amr B'Sinai. It just means that the laws were said at Sinai. The Atzmalo Karba, but the carbon Tamun was not brought at that point. There was no carbon Tamun that was offered at Har Sinai. What Blas is saying is that no, the laws were given at Sinai, but it was not actually brought. So what do you mean? It says Ola, it says that there was a Parshas Mishpatim, there was an Ola that was brought in the, in the wilderness. Must be that Ola was not the Ola Satamid, it was Ola Sri'iyah. The Pashup Shah and the Pasuk would be, Asiyah uh, Barsinai was Mamish offered. And we're saying they were, that they brought Ola Satamid. So Rabbi Lazar, no, it wasn't actually brought. So that we see according to Rabbi Lazar was the Ola Sri'iyah. Now we go with the other views. Rabbi Akiva Alimer, Karma of Shuvalo Pascha, the Karma Tamid was offered at Sinai. The Pasuk is Kipshuto. They brought the Karma Tamid there in Parshas Mishpatim, and it never stopped. They brought it throughout the entire wilderness. Elamani Mekayim, what do I do with the meaning of the Israel? Did you bring the sacrifices that you were supposed to bring and the Minchas that you were supposed to bring? The Pasuk implies that the Tamid was not brought while Klai's were in the Midbar. It's like a rhetorical question here. Did you bring the Karbonas you were supposed to bring? It's Mashma that did, they were not. And the reason was we learned this in Moikah. That during the time when Klai was in the midbar after the Chate Egel and after the Miraglim, they were excommunicated from Hashem. And in, in that state of excommunication, they didn't bring the Karban Atomit. So isn't it mashma that they didn't bring it? So the answer is no. It means most of Klai did not get the job done. But Levi, who didn't do Avodazara, so they weren't excommunicated from the Chate Egel. They were the ones who offered the Tamid during the 40 years. So it means most of Klai didn't get the job done. Only Shevet Levi was able to get the job done. That's what the Pasuk is saying. 
Fine. Basila, who holds that it was the carbon tamid al-daman, that's what we said before. Basila was saying that the Ola was not the Ola's the Ola's Riyah was the Ola's Tamid. That's why he took out that the Shem Chagiga was more Khashiv. Rabbi Akiva, Nami Damar, and it's like what we said before. What did we say before? Remember the end of the Braisha, that was what we just quoted him, that the Ola's Tamid was brought and never stopped. Rabbi Yosei said there were three mitzvahs that Klai Yisrael have to do when we're building all the Rega. What are the three karbanos? Ri'ia, the Olas Ri'ia, Chagiga, the Shalmi Chagiga, the Simcha, and the Shalmi Simcha, the karbanos, the extra Shalmi that you bring to have more meat to eat. There is a feature in Olas Ri'ia that's not in the other two. There's a feature in the Chagiga that's not in the other two. And there's a feature in the Shalmi Simcha that's not found in the other two. What is that? The carbon olas riyah is totally burned on his back. The other two, which are both forms of shlamim, are eaten. There's a feature in the Shem Chagiga, which is not in the other two. The Shem Chagiga is offered before there was the Torah at Arsina, whereas the other two were not. So clearly, this opinion is saying only the Shem Chagiga was brought before, not the Olas Riyah. There's some feature in Shem Simcha, which is not in the other two. The Shalmi Simcha applies to men and women. Even women are mechliv in the Shalmi Simcha. The other two, all the three on Shalmi Chagiga, women are not obligated. So clearly, Rabbi Yosei is saying that the Shalmi Chagiga was brought at our Sinai, whereas the other ones were not. So he also, the Ola brought there was a Tamid, like Bishol says. Bottom line is, we end up with this Yosei factual historical machlekes. What was brought, Vayalu what was brought in the moment of Nasav and Ishma? Was, we know that it was the Shalmi Chagiga that was brought, but what was the Ola? According to Bishol and some other Tanon, we're saying it was an Olas Tamid, and according to Bishamai, it was an Olas Re'iyah. All right. Now the Gemara is a Shiloh for us. Rabbi Yishmael, my time, Why did we say that, be, that, that why did Abai say that he lines up like Bishamai? Because we said, We made the argument that if the Ola that was brought before was the Olas Tamid, and according to Rabbi Yishmael, the details were not said about how to bring the carbon tamid until later. We made the argument that how could it be that the Ola originally, the tamid, didn't require all the details of skinning and cutting up. And that only comes later. That was our proof that Rabbi Yishmael must hold that the Ola that was brought before was the Ola's Re'iyah, not the Ola's tamid. So Mara. This, this argument is no good because Rabbi Yosei clearly held it was the Tamid. He was one of the opinions that we lined up in the preceding price as holding was the Ola's Tamid. So you could ask the same question. That that You could have the same question. Why do we see that? Because we know the Tanya, Rabbi Yosei Omer, Ola Shekri Yisrobah Midbar, Rabbi says that originally the, 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 the din of Hefshim Finituach did not apply to the Ola's Tamid. Why? The din of Hefshim Finituach was only from the Ola Moed from the time the Mishkan was there and on. So the Ola that Klai brought in the wilderness did not have a Hefshim Finituach. So the same way Rabbi Yosei says that that could be a possibility. That the carbon switch, evidently it is possible for the carbon to, tamid to switch. Even though Rabbi Yosei holds the carbon tamid was brought before, he still holds that the details were only given of Hefshim Tuach on the time of the Mishkan Anan. And he's Gufa pointing out, let it be bizarre and strange, but that's exactly what happened. Originally the Olas Tamid was, was brought and didn't have the details of skinning and how to, how to cut it up. But only for the Mishkan Anan did it have it that way. So once we see that Rabbi Yosei holds that way, Rabbi Shmuel too could be that opinion. He could also hold that originally maybe they brought an Olas Tamid. It didn't have the laws of Hefshim Tuach, and those were only introduced from there and on. So the Gemara accepts that that's possible. Sami Mikan Rabbi Shmuel. And the Gemara answers, take out Rabbi Shmuel, meaning you should delete him 
from the people that we know held that the Ola was an Olas Riyah. In fact, it's wrong. It could be Rabbi Yishmael held that in fact it was an Olas Tamid. Because all we know about Rabbi Yishmael is that the details of Karbanos were only taught from the Mishkan and on. Originally, we thought that means it's impossible to say that they brought an Olas Tamid before because it can't be that bizarre fact that the way that they brought a carbon Olas Tamid would switch. The Kamara is saying, but once I see Rabbi Yosiak Lili holds that way, that the details were only taught from the Mishkan, but still the Ola that was brought before was the Olas Tamid, and he accepts that bizarre factual point that the Behavshar Minituah switched me in, the, in the historical way that the carbon was brought. So maybe Rabbi Yishmael also holds that way. So we shouldn't include Rabbi Yishmael in the list of people who hold. Um, that was an Olas, an, that it was an Olas Riyah. He may in fact hold that it was the Talmud. All right, now we're going to look at that Pasuk again that we keep on quoting. So again, what does the Pasuk say? Parim. The last word in the Pasuk is that they were bulls. So, how do we read this Pasuk? What, what animals were bulls? In the Pasuk, there were Olos and there were Shlamim. Do we say, and the Olos that were brought were maybe Kvasim, maybe they were lambs, meaning the Pasuk doesn't say what the Olos were. So maybe it's like you put a break in the Pasuk after the word Olos, and the type of uh, uh, animals that the Olos were may have been lambs. And then the continuation of the Pasuk, maybe only the Zvachim Shlamim were bulls, meaning that the, the Gemara is saying in this possibility that the last word in the Pasuk, that they were bulls, is only referring to the second half of the Pasuk of the Shlamim. But maybe the first half of the Pasuk of Olos, maybe they weren't bulls. Maybe they were really lambs. Oh, Dilma Yidiparm. Maybe the, the bulls is going back on the whole Pasuk. And the Olos were also bulls as well. So what does the Gemara want to know? Ultimately, the Gemara wants to know well, what were the Olos? Were the Olos bulls or were they lambs? Now, Taisa speaks out a very, very sadistic point for us. The Gemara is not stopped clearing some you know, historical point here, how to read it. There's also a bigger difference. Why? Because what type of carbon was the Ola? We just got through a whole debate if the Ola was a carbon tamid or an Ola Sreya. Now, what type of animal is the carbon tamid? It's a Pasuk. It's like, that it was a lamb. So if it was a carbon tamid, it's much more gishmak to say that it was a lamb. Because we know that that's the way that the, 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 the carbon tamid is brought. If you want to say it's a bull, then what do you have to say? That again, that the carbon switched, which is a little bit bizarre and strange. Whereas if you say it was an olas re'iyah, then who cares, right? Maybe the, the carbon tamid is, is always a lamb, but the olas re'iyah is, uh, could be a bull. We don't care to have that. So really, that's kind of what's tugging here in the Gemara as well. So anyways, the Gemara wants to know, was the Ola a, 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 a bull or not? And really, the question is how you read the Pasuk. So the Gemara says, the Mayanav Kamina, what practical difference is this? We're not going back in time to Parshas Mishpatim. So the Gemara answers, Marzot Ram, the piece of time, and the difference in the Naf Kamina is how you read the trap. Meaning, do, do you put a hard break after the word Olas? Should there be an Asnachta there in the Pasuk? If Parim is only going on the Shlamin but not going back, then there should be a hard asnachta, a break there in the Pasuk, a stop, because it's really meant to be separated, because the bulls is not going back on the Ola. Whereas if you're going back, if Parim is going back on Olas, then you want the Pasuk to read all together. You don't want to have the stop there. Makes an for somebody who says, He says like this, I'm obligating myself to bring an Ola like the Ola that the Jews brought in the desert. That's what the person said. So now, what does he have to bring? 
We know he has to bring an ola, but what animal? Should it be a lamb or should it be a bull? My paramave okvasamave. Which one was it? So we don't, that's, that was the question, and that's the nafkimina. And the Gemara says, Deku. we don't resolve the question. We don't resolve if the animal olas that, that was brought, was it a bull or was it not? How do we read the pasuk? The Gemara does not resolve it. We don't, we're not poshate this question.